Why do you have Christmas presents in here? They're birthday presents for Taylor. Oh, I, I should know that. The wrapping paper says happy birthday. I'm a dumbass. Happy birthday. <laughs> Here's a Christmas present. Welcome back to Rated Radio and hello to season seven with your hosts, Rayburn Alexander and Shane Windham. Shane, what Billboard hit did we cover this week? That'd be Essence by Wizkid, Justin Bieber, and Tim's. I love this song's instrumental. Hate most of the vocals. Ah. The music has this island club vibe that's super memorable. The vocals are primarily mumbled and overly processed. Justin Bieber has the only performance I appreciate here, and I don't enjoy admitting that. Four stars. Like Shane said, this is island-inspired trap music to me. Seems soulful at first, with Thames being the lead when the song starts, but the Justin Bieber and Wizkid contributions add a little too many layers, in my opinion. This is not one of Bieber's stronger contributions. Three stars. Alrighty. All right, we're getting off to a great start. <laughs> Let's go talk about Lil John and the East Side Boys. Rayburn. What? What? Are you going to Lil John me here? I'm not doing it. Ha. All right. First album that we covered by Lil John and the Eastside Boys is Put Yo Hood Up from 2001. This is my middle pick. Same. I gave it two fives out of 21 tracks. I gave it three. All right. My top track was Nothing's Free. Let My Nets Go. Okay. And my bottom track was Bia Bia. Check in. Really? No, the... no more Bia's. Okay. No more Bia Bia's okay. on this album. I think there were three songs that was Bia Bia. No more. I'm done. It was the uh, the Cersei lewd for me. Okay. I'm Bia Bia'd out. Uh, this is repetitive party rap. Club rap, definitely not family friendly. Lyrics are a bit shallow and definitely too many skits. What you get here is a ridiculously infectious club rap instrumental bass, but what's on top of it vocally is about 75% repetition. Mm -hmm. The other quarter is great. The guest spots are fire, but the repetitive nature of most tracks really kills what should have been a slam dunk. The instrumentals here are just, they're good. Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, Lil Jon got popular for a reason. Yes. Yeah. But I think we're on the same page with it's repetitive. It's not very, uh, you're not going to find a lot of depth in music like this. Yeah, it's not run of the mill repetition. Yeah. It's it's like we didn't rap. Instead, we, we wrote five lines for the song mm -hmm. and we're going to say that line four to six times before we move on to the next one. Yeah. Next album that we covered was Kings of Kronk from 2002. This was my top album. This was my bottom album. <laughs> I figured. I gave it six fives out of 19 tracks. Well, there's 21 technically. I knew that, I knew but, that was going to happen. But they're missing from Spotify. Yes, so. they are. I wrote down 21 originally. I gave four out of the 21. Okay. Four fives. All right. My top track. That much repetition, huh? Goddamn. All right. <laughs> uh, here again, my top track is 
nothing's free, but this time with Ubi. So there's a little bit of a difference. Yeah. Which I really liked her contributions. I did too. In this stuff. I'm, I'm happy that they name her most of the time mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. That she wasn't just part of the group that you don't, I don't know. Anyway, my top track was I Don't Give a. Okay. My bottom track was BME Click. Man, it was the Weed Man skit for me just because I couldn't find it. Now, I had to go to YouTube to hear the Weed Man song, but the Weed Man skit, I still have not heard. Why do you do that to me? Uh, are you ready to make fun of me for yeah, like go the, ahead. the remainder of my life? I just found out listening this past week that they were saying BME. Do you want to know what I used to think they said? Yes, please. Be your meat click. <laughs> Be your meat click. <laughs> Shit, you not. And I'm like, oh, they're saying BME. For the longest time. Beat your meat, click. Well, there we go. All I, right. I, I want to use that now, actually. For me, the repetition here is ever so slightly lessened, but the beats are more hit or miss than the previous album. That is to say, it's not as solid throughout as the other one. Uh, one song was a repeat, and two tracks were just missing because of a bogus copyright dispute. Despite my general disappointment in this effort, I can say that the fives here, they're very solid. Answer me a question. What is it with Summer Overture from Re- Requiem for a Dream? Because they you, use you're it. You're about to walk me down a... Uh, they use the denin, 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 denin beat from that song and at least three songs on this album. I watched that movie once and it harshed my mellow so much. I never want to watch it again. Okay. Well, I get you because it's that type of movie. Mm -hmm. But if you know the track that I'm talking about from Requiem for a Dream, they sample it at least three times and apparently they really, really like it. This is a lot more of the same repetitive club hip hop rap. Too many skits. And like Shane said, and I totally agree The Ubi inclusions are very, very good. One thing I want to say, even though it's not a five for me, a lot of people really seem to enjoy the missing song here, the Weed Man song. Mm -hmm. Apparently people who don't even smoke pot, they just love this song. They've been listening to it for years. So go check that out if you get a chance. We'll put it on mentions on YouTube. Sounds good to me. Next album that we covered was Crunk Juice from 2004. This was my bottom album. Top. I gave it three fives out of 19 tracks. Technically 20, because one of the tracks was missing. Yeah. Again, I gave it five fives out of the 20. Okay. My top track was Lovers and Friends. Same. It's a good song. It is a good song. There are some very good crunk songs here. Mm -hmm. Lovers and Friends. I I wanted more of it. It's got so much variety. Yeah. I wanted wanted more songs like that, because they did it really well. Yes. And you don't think that somebody that's, what? Yeah. Would, would tone it down a little bit with Usher's uh, was it Usher Ludacris and, and Lil, Lil John, John and the Eastside Boys and I mean, like I obviously. mentioned before when I saw him in concert those other two people weren't there and he just did this by himself on stage and I, I still say in spite of the negative things that I could mm-hmm. say about this artist or whatnot see him in concert if you get a chance go see Lil John in concert he puts on a stupendous show it's funny we've seen that we've both seen that song done live but you've seen Lil John do it I've seen Ludacris do yeah. it. Still phenomenal. So the only maybe maybe we should go see Usher we together. Go see Usher. <laughs> and my bottom track was the skits. Yeah, the specific skit for me was Chris Rock get lower. There's a lot of Chris Rock. Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle did skits on mm-hmm. this album. Uh, way more Chris Rock than Dave Chappelle. 
I mean, I'm a lover. I'm a lover of both of them, but Dave Chappelle's obviously going to yeah. rank a little bit higher. And some of Chris Rock's skits were were decent too. They're not bad. That that get lower track. Mm-hmm. I just I didn't like the skit. Okay. Again, repetitive. Too many skits. More romantic and sexual. A lot more of the same formulas, but with an added rock tone to some tracks. There's a lot more rock inspiration for me. Remember when Lil Wayne started adding a lot more guitar in his rap? It was kind of reminiscent of that, where he started to do a little bit more rock. Did a whole album, right? Rebirth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not, the whole album is not that. No. But you you feel that they were trying to try a little bit differently, go in a yeah. different direction. Uh, pointless celebrity skits and fairly uneven toward the end. But mostly this is like a newer 3-6 Mafia album with greater musical diversity and some pitch-perfect guest spots. The instrumentals are earworms. Lil Jon raps more often and takes chances. It's still too repetitive and nonsensical in places, which is the only reason I didn't give it more fives. R. Kelly's on this disc, by the way, for those who'd want to know that in advance. It was his birthday yesterday. Track 17's missing from Spotify. Uh... (laughs) Do you have any notes? Uh, a couple of things that I want to say. Uh, Little John taught himself to DJ at the age of 15. And he got his start by DJing in some local clubs where he met Jermaine Dupree in Atlanta. And Jermaine Dupree hired him to the So So Deaf Records where he met the Eastside Boys. So just trying to give you a backstory of where, where it all sort of started. Um, yeah. That's all I really have to say. Near and dear to my heart, by the way. Shout out to Jermaine Dupree. Yeah, I figured you would like that little statistic. <laughs> I'd recommend Little John and the Eastside Boys to fans of the newer Three Six Mafia stuff. You know, the Papa My Collar and that sort of oh that yeah? era. Uh huh. Okay. Thanks. Not, not that song specifically, but you know <laughs> what I mean. This artist made me feel like I'm having deja vu while getting ready to throw hands. So I'm about to fight and the same shit just keeps happening. Mm, All right. That repetitive nature is hitting you hard, huh? Yes. Got it. This is a greatest hits artist for me from what I've heard so far. I had high hopes going into this listen that I'd be finding lots of new greatness, but it was not to be. Still love me some Lil John though. Who else can we count on to show up out of nowhere with a banger like Turn Down For What? (laughs) Go watch that video if you haven't. Nothing, I'm sorry, none of his musical contributions, including Turn Down For What, will ever be as amazing as the time that he was on Chappelle's show. Love that shit. Love it. He also did, I saw more recently, I'm, I'm a dork who watches different things on YouTube. Okay. Yes. There's a guy who does this channel called uh, One Bite Pizza Reviews. Yes. You sent it to me when we went to- I don't remember. Jersey? When I before I went to Jersey. I was about to say Jersey? I am, the only place we've ever gone is like Oklahoma. I was talking about me and Blue, but I think you sent me the, a pizza review when I got back from Jersey and you were and a little too late. See, I didn't realize that the guy that runs that show actually did have celebrity guest spots on his show. Mm-hmm. But he's got a whole video with like Matthew McConaughey and just a, a bunch of big stars really? all at a movie review. But the first one I ever saw was there was another rapper he was supposed to have on and they couldn't get him to come out of the car. <laughs> okay. And I thought it was a joke. Like, I thought it was a running joke. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really have people on his show. He's just bullshitting and, you know, it's funny. Yeah. They kept talking about Lil John. He's talking shit about Lil John. Like, hey, he ain't fucking show up and I don't know, you know. And then he's there. Ah, nice. He was like, yeah, I was just talking shit about you. And they, 
Lil John seems like a very down to earth guy. Yes, very, very much so. And people don't realize he's actually pretty smart. I mean, you you don't expect a lot from a guy that's just literally saying, yelling a couple of words. Because that's, I mean, that's what a lot of people know Lil John for. But he's actually a pretty articulate, down-to-earth guy. Yes, with a good business sense. Kind of reminds me of Master P in that way. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's Lil John and the East Side Boys. Let's take our break. Yeah. Wait a minute. Let me do that again. Yeah. Okay. Right. And that's the last time we're going to do it. We're over it now. Lord almighty. <laughs> Songs to play at work. Yes. Which was my pick because I'm a working girl. I saw the list topic and I thought, man, eh, but I actually enjoyed putting this one together. So okay, well, you're welcome. Props to you. That I'm trying to not kick the table. You're welcome. All right. What so do you have? Me? Yeah. Okay. My song for top 10 songs to play at work, which again, you can find all of our lists on our Spotify's. Uh, the links are on our socials, so feel free to find them there. My song for top 10 songs to play at work is Daydream in Blue by I Monster. Big thanks to a friend for introducing me to this one. The amount of zoned out productive days at shitty jobs that were spent listening to this might have helped the days not seem so long. It's a good song. It's a good yeah. song to work to. Yeah. I agree. That's why it made my list, Shane. God. I was trying to give you some props (laughs) and you came at me. The hell. I went with, from my top 10, Uh I went with Diamonds by Rihanna. Rihanna. (laughs) (laughs) And he, he came at me. So there we go. I tried to pick music here that soothes me, makes me feel empowered, or takes my mind to another time and place. Chose this song because it reminds me of my honeymoon trip. The music video is a great visual representation of that time in my life as well. That year, I'd been experiencing some insane ups and downs. Sparing all the details, though, Meg and I got married, which was amazing. Not long after, we started our getaway by driving to the Grand Canyon. We drove overnight, and this song came on randomly as we drove through the desert at sunrise. I've always had a tendency to worry way too much about things that haven't happened or aren't important in the big picture. Hearing this song is a nice reminder of what a beautiful week it wound up being, a reminder that new experiences and a sense of renewal could always be waiting around the next bend in the road. I lean on that reminder most when I'm at work because despair is a good deal of what I deal with on the job. Yeah, and moments like that really kind of makes shitty moments like being at work at jobs that aren't exactly what you had in mind, way easier to get through. Yeah, I I should mention that there's a lot that I love about my job. Yeah. The despair is not me despairing. Yeah. It's coming. I have to deal with a lot of mm-hmm. uh, survivors, mm-hmm. uh, people who just had loved ones pass away. Yeah. I work with a lot of claims. Yeah, it is. Your job is way more emotionally stressful than mine just yes. because of the people that you have to deal with. So... It can be intensely rewarding, but mm-hmm. uh, just there are times when you need you need a shift from yeah. where you are. Yeah. So that's sweet, Shane. Oh, let's go talk about yin yang twins. Yeah. Yin yang in this thing.
Just wait till you see my dick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. The- <laughs> I had to check myself halfway through that because I realized I was looking you dead in the eye. Like, don't look your cousin you in the eye. You have to leave that in, please. I'm not cutting it. Good. All right. <laughs> First album that we covered by Ying Yang Twins was Me and My Brother from 2003. This is my top album. This was my middle pick. I gave it four fives out of 14 tracks. Two. My top track was What's Happening? Salt Shaker. That's a good one. My bottom track was Nagin Part 2. The answer. I can see why, but mine was Them Braves. Okay. If you want stadium jams, hype music, definitely not family friendly, uh, this album's for you. D-Rock brings the hype with his uh, kind of hype, while Kane brings the gruff. What? D-Rock brings the hype with his hype. D-Rock brings the hype, while Kane brings the gruff. And to me, it's enjoyable. I mean, it's repetitive as fucks a lot, a lot with Lil John. But th- there's just something about this music that makes me makes me wanna makes me wanna fight, makes me wanna fucking fight. Well, I would I would disagree on the repetition. I don't think it's as bad with this group. And Lil John's what makes me wanna fight. Okay, this one's a little different. Uh, okay, props to this group for managing a recognizable sound, making interesting instrumentals, and avoiding the repetitious trappings of their peers. Still, a lot of this album is just too goofy, one note, and vapid. It's crunk party music to rap what pop is to rock. That is to say, I like some of this, but it gets tired fast. I love that Killer Mike feature, though. I gotta say, Killer Mike owned this album. Can I ask you, on a personal note, how many sports did you play as a kid? I'm struggling because I played a lot of sports, but I never played them at school. Okay. Like, we played them outside of school all the time. Okay. Football, baseball, volleyball, I did all that shit. Because for me... As your fat kid. (laughs) I mean, Shane, we're 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 both on the chunkier Big side. Big old roly poly fat kid. <laughs> I was not chunky. I was fat. Okay. All right. Well, you said it, not me. For me, I associate the like I'm going I'm going to battle in like a, a, a sports game with music like this. Okay. Like I am ready to fuck shit up, and I don't care. I have I have no personal ties to the other team. My goal is to win, and for music like this. This is perfect. So that's if what, most of it wasn't as dirty as it is, you'd probably hear it more often at like basketball I, games. I middle. petitioned for, and we're gonna get into it, but I petitioned for a particular song from the Yang Twins to be played when the football players run out at games in my high school because they picked "Thunderstruck" by ACD, ACDC, I believe, which is not a bad song, but. I wanted something else. And let's move on to the next album, and we'll talk about that. Let's do that. Next album is My Brother and Me from 2004. This was my middle album. This was my bottom album. I gave it one five out of ten tracks. Four. I should add, by the way, if anyone's confused, following along, if you see 16 tracks on uh, Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. those were DVD tracks. Mm -hmm. So 11 to 16 were all DVD tracks. Go ahead. My top track and the song that... I petitioned to have played when the football players ran out in high school. Halftime. Okay. Not bad. Mm-hmm. The Me and My Brother remix was my top track. And my bottom track was Do It. Georgia Dome. Mm-hmm. I, fi- I figured you might do that. Every song is a collab on this album. Seems a little lazy. They're capitalizing on past success. 
a lot of remixes, and I wish there would have been more original content, but it's still pretty decent. Where do I even begin? (laughs) Right now, (laughs) right here. This is a remix album. I tend to think of those as a waste of time. This one functions more like a weak Greatest Hits album. It's airheaded with a lot of shouting on top of the normal tracks. You can hear Salt Shaker two more times here. (laughs) Uh, One version being over eight minutes long. Yeah. Enjoyable instrumentals, though. Moving on to our next album was USA, which is United States of Atlanta. United United State. Oh, okay. Sorry. I apologize for not correcting you during the finale, but it's United State. It's just one state. Thank you for correcting me now. United State of Atlanta from 2005. And before you even say it, not a double album. No, no. It's just... It's one disc. Yeah, and it's 23 tracks long. (laughs) This was my bottom album. This was my top album. I gave it four fives out of 23 tracks. Three. Okay. Top track is Long Time. Bedroom Boom. Yeah. That, uh, who is it? Avant. It's Avant. Yeah, who's, what was the other track that had, um, he was in The Roots. Why am I forgetting his name? Shane. He was in The Roots. (laughs) Are you asking me to figure out... You're not giving me a track. You're, you're wanting me to name like every no. collaborative artist that appeared on this album. That's a little it's difficult. He's so dangerous. What's his name? Oh my God, this is going to bug the hell out of me. Okay, anyway, my bottom track was the skits. Dedication and upcoming events skit. Why don't you talk about what you thought about the album, Mr. It's My Top? Well, well you're on your phone. Uh... It's going to bug me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm only half engaging right now. This album added a lot of skits and failed to land many fives from me. By the way, I should pause here and add that this is the first time that skits were really highlighted in one of their albums. They didn't have skits like Lil Jon did, Mm -hmm. which was nice. But it's also the most musically diverse while managing to be more instrumentally solid than the other two albums we covered. Sad thing for me is that these guys are actually rapping. They have solid voices and understand what a hook should be. They're just saying very little that holds my attention. Admittedly, I am not their demographic. If the often shallow and noticeably misogynistic themes don't bother you, you'll probably love this album. Well, the person that I was talking about was Wyclef Jean. I did not pick the album that featured Dangerous, but I wanted to mention that that's another great song that you should listen the to. The Fugees. Not the, the Roots. Fugees. The Fugees. My bad. I know. I suck. I'm sitting over uh, here trying to think, like, who, who the fuck I from said the, the wrong one. I see um, the drummer all over the place. If you want a good song that features Yin Yang Twins with Wyclef Jean, listen to Dangerous off their Chemically Imbalanced album. It did not, did not get selected here, but that doesn't mean that it won't in the future. Anyway, back to United State of Atlanta. Uh, this is more religious and political, slowed down, higher production value, and even though... Um, skits were not in the previous albums that we covered. I still don't think that they're necessary here. So again, dumb skits probably would have made the album a lot shorter. Yeah. Hey, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. True story. True story. Another couple of things that I want to mention about this artist before we move on is they are Georgia-born and proud of where they come from. The song Halftime was even the Saints anthem for a while, that being the NFL team. They were both born with physical disabilities. D-Rock has nubs instead of fingers on his left hand. And Kane has a mild case of cerebral palsy, causing him to limp. 
So I can see why Masa Lopez thought that more members of Three Six Mafia were physically fucked up because apparently you do crunk. That's a big thing. It makes me want to look up Lil John facts now. Like he he seems normal. Yeah. What's going on? Let us let us know what's going on there. I'm sure they would love to know. By the way, I want to mention that we didn't talk about it, but I learned during this listen that some things are not as enjoyable as they are in my head when I'm actually listening to them. Okay. For instance, the Whisper song. Yeah. I did not give a five. <laughs> well, if you, you have to think about it from, you know, like a girl's perspective, like hearing the Whisper song, it's like, oh, it's not too bad. But you don't really want to be a guy that's not interested in other men hearing that song in your ears. Well, I don't know that their voice, one, it's the structure, like I kept waiting on them to not whisper as much, you know? No, it's pretty much all throughout. I mean, it was, it's like, it's more like a shock value thing. Like the, just wait till you see my dick. I'm on, you know, like it, that, that was, that's what they're playing on. I feel like play by David Banner is a good yes. like, representation of the side, but that one actually like, it's a roller coaster. I, this one feels like I'm bobbing in a creek. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't know, like, we live in a world, the 2000s were such a crazy time, because anybody that could capitalize on the lyrics, wait till you see my dick, hey bitch, you know, or, you know, beat the boys up, beat the boys up, you know, like, you don't think that's going to be a successful song. Yeah. It was one of their top songs, it's the same with the David Banner song, the, work that click, Play, yeah. girl, yeah, so it's just like, what the fuck? Uh. I always think about the office every time I hear it. Not not the show. I I Your told I, I told a story about having headphones on and that shit was playing really loud. I, and they I weren't know. plugged in? No, it was plugged in. I oh. just didn't realize how loud it was coming okay. out of the headphones. I caught some looks. <laughs> okay. Uh this group makes me feel like I'm surrounded by people who only ever think about getting throwed and fucking. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. pretty much it. Uh they've got some hits that I dig, which we didn't cover yet. So I haven't completely given up on them wowing me. Also worth mentioning that I gave a high number of fours during this listen. It's good club music or just mindless background noise for a party. Definitely not typical crunk music. No. There no. is musical variety here. You're not getting from like Lil John. And don't get it twisted. There's a reason that these artists went up against each other this week. They work a lot with each other. They're the time frame, kind of what they represent. They work well together. Yes. Um, so that's another thing that I wanted to say is they worked a lot with Little John and it makes sense that they're going up against each other. Also, Whistle While You Twerk, which is was not on an album that we covered here, was their first big hit. Uh, we did not cover their first album because I wanted to cover the albums that were obviously nostalgic to me. Sue me, get off my dick, I do what I want. So that being said, Shane, who won for you? Little John actually won for me. I was it was Kind of right there with each other. I was very, very torn about which one you were going to pick. Yeah, nine fives for Ying Ying, mm -hmm. 12 fives for Lil John. Ying Ying won for me, which is not surprising. But what is surprising is they did not win as by as much as I thought they would. Yeah. So this week, great listen week. It took me back to a, to a very specific time and place. I don't know that I would listen to them a lot today, but... I wondered. I really did. I mean, they mm -hmm. hold a level of nostalgia, and they always will. But it's not something that I would put in my 
my my Rolodex of, right, of music. Well, you're working your way back from your your Primus downfall. I feel like here because when you chose Ying Yang, I thought I've never actually sat down with the full albums. <laughs> Same with Lil John, mm-hmm. but maybe maybe there's a bunch here that I'm missing, and there wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like most of what I knew from the radio is most of what I loved yeah. in this listen. But yeah, to hear you say that it's not. A, a life-changing, world-ending listen no, over there. No. That's that's heartwarming. I wanted to touch on an artist genre that I hadn't in my previous picks. I hadn't covered rap, and one of the things that I've always told anybody that listens to me talk about music when we talk about rap music and Yin Yang comes on, I'm always I always say, "Whatever happened to them? <laughs> I love them. Whatever happened to them? Are they doing anything nowadays?" And the answer is yes. They are still very much making music. They have a ton of albums that we did not touch on today. So go check them out on Spotify. Their discography is way bigger than I thought. But I wanted to touch on an artist that is near and dear to my heart, will always be. But like I said, I have to be in a very specific mood. Like I'm pretty sure a lot of their stuff is on my Dirty South playlist, which is a lot of that rap from this time, and I have to be in a specific mood to listen to them, but they'll always be near and dear to my heart. Yeah, I'd be curious to see, because Ying Yang actually, they did more musically diverse things, mm-hmm. so to see if they evolve in any way, plus they were rapping more often, Yeah, and there at the end, they did actually move a little bit away from, again, you talked about the religious, there were some political themes there, yeah. and some of those songs came really close to a five for me, so I'm curious to see, because Lil John's shtick seemed pretty much universal. Yeah. I feel like that that would have worn itself out if he had nowhere to go. But do yin-yang twins. I guess we'll find out in the future. Yeah. Next time we're on yeah. will be my artist picks for the season, which were Cranberries and K's Choice. And listeners, so you know in advance, if you want to follow along, the albums we'll be covering by K's Choice are Paradise and Me from 1996, Cocoon Crash from 1998, and Almost Happy from 2000. And then as far as Cranberries go, we have the Everybody Else is Doing It mm-hmm. album from 1993, No Need to Argue from 1994, and Bury the Hatchet from 1999. Look forward to that coverage. And that's going to do it for this week. Hit up our playlist on Spotify, visit our merch shop, share our show with your friends, and come and find us on social media to let us know what you think. Until next time, fill your world with music. And just wait till you see my dick. Thank you.